0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Fianta. You know what Christy Matheson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the
1: screen is
0: Daniel Kern.
1: Like, if we just... Clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles. We've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Maronville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just a standard replacement level college sophomore. And
0: welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I am your host, christian Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel?
1: You came prepared today, Chris. Well, you know, That's it's how I'm feeling. The, uh, is, wow,
0: it's it's the last week where we're where these uh, resources are available, so you know you got to take advantage of it.
1: That for sure, for sure. Uh, it's effective June 21st, I believe, in the report. Uh, yeah, we got a decent amount to get into today. A couple things happened uh, since our last show, and uh, I guess we should probably get into them because they are a little bit important. Uh, Major League Baseball officially uh, announced the report uh, for foreign substances in the game, such as spider tack, you know, such as sunscreen, such as rosin, such as pine tar. They banned everything virtually. Like the only, the only like grip substance that pitchers can use, if you can even call it that, is rosin from the rosin bag that's on the mound, uh, and that's it, which is kind of brutal, but... That's what we're looking at right now. This is effective on June 21st. Uh, today is the 17th, but uh, really no one is using it now. But we're going to have to see what what happens because this is way more than what was necessary.
0: Yeah. Uh, this has been a story since before the season started. They announced, I think it was like March 23rd that they were going to look at some baseballs and then it's turned into the enforcement of, uh, of everything, every kind of foreign substance uh, yeah. possible is now being now being looked at. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, people are be people are outspoken about it and everyone, everyone seems to have an opinion on this. Uh, I mean, where, where do we even start here?
1: I want to start with the, the, just getting this out of the way. This is major league baseball's failure once again. Uh they knew and I think I feel like there was some strategy to this because Major League Baseball, you know, the owners, the executives, the higher ups, they do they would like to do anything within their power to try to make the players association look bad. You know, that is number one on their agenda. Uh we've known this for a year now. It's been or at least it's been public for a year. Since the Labour negotiations, the you know, the league, the front offices will stop at nothing to try to demean the players association of major league baseball. And I feel like that's what's happening here because uh, we knew, you know, back in 2018, you know, Trevor Bauer is trying to be the whistleblower against the sticky, the sticky stuff uh, scandal with the Astros and how their spin rates were going up unnaturally. And, and, they could have done something about it then, but they waited until the year before the CBA expired to where to try to out the players to be like, "Oh, look at the players! They're doing all this. They're they're being, you know, they're cheating. That's not okay." Uh, and I mean, the league let this happen because Trevor Bauer is the perfect example of like he's calling it out. So he and you know he realized that nothing was gonna happen, so he started doing it. Um, and this is like before you know this should be the number one takeaway from this entire thing is this is major league baseball's failure for the second time in 3 years they had a scandal on their hands that they knew about for years that they didn't do anything about until they absolutely had to
0: yeah and honestly i don't know if it was i don't know if it was a thing that they felt like they had to do it was just a thing where they could you know get players pitted against each other the year before the the CBA mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, expired as you said and uh, and yeah, it, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a thing where like the athletic report came out like the, the Houston Astros thing. You know, I think MLB addressed it before uh, before anybody, you know, outside of some minor inklings about, you know, like I guess Trevor Bauer's spin rate, but it wasn't there wasn't some huge bombshell, but they decided to to make this a thing. and and then and then the article started coming out about, about all this i think it was something that players wanted to keep hidden for the most part uh but yeah now it's uh now they're going to be enforcing it uh you know do we want to talk about the fact that it's all substances
1: yeah i think we should because that's probably the, the the worst part of all this you know i think i think we can both agree that like stuff like spider attack has no place in the game like it is very clearly a foreign substance that is used for performance enhancement You know, like Mm -hmm. the sole purpose of spider attack is to increase spin rate and to therefore increase swings and misses and to get you paid. You know, that's why Garrett Cole got $324 million in free agency.
0: Yeah, Um, exactly.
1: And and for the record, I think Garrett Cole will be fine without foreign substances. I think Trevor Bauer is in a much worse spot between the two of them. Um, But, you know, time will tell uh, what the results look like there. Um, But, you know, a lot of pitchers picked up uh spider attack particularly probably because of garrett cole i think that was an inspiration it's like okay this guy just got uh he he, you know this guy just got his great great grandkids college funds handed to him so uh why don't i start picking this up if the league's not going to do anything about it
0: right exactly exactly um so yeah uh something that really opened my eyes about uh foreign substances affecting spin rate was there was this guy who actually did an experiment and i know it's it's only one guy and it's only uh and it was only one i guess experiment that he did on his own with a a rap was this like
1: the the king of juco guy yeah eric
0: sim eric sim did it and it was and you know you don't have to watch the whole video it's like an eight minute video but basically his the with no foreign substances he was around 1900 rpm sunscreen and rosin it was a jump of maybe 150 rpm and then it was surprising because pine tar actually had a a major effect that was up there with spider tack but spider tack uh took it uh took the took the uh took the top spot in terms of increased spin rate it was like 370 something rpm uh that was added and it was it was funny because they're was no music when he was uh throwing with a spider tack and you could hear the you could hear the, the ball just ripping out uh from the from the spider tack. It was pretty crazy. But that's that's all the like experimentation that I've uh seen on it because this doesn't people don't really want to publicize this. Uh but I feel like back to the point. Sun Sunscreen and rosin I feel like should have just stayed the entire time because that's kind of the most natural way you can go about things
1: yeah i mean and we've seen like we we've already seen what could happen in with the adjustments between going from uh you know using sunscreen using rosin to nothing and we'll get to that later but i mean it really does seem like you know getting a grip on the baseball shouldn't be shouldn't be a crime that shouldn't be punishable and like I mean, I think it's kind of proven that, like, you know, using sunscreen and rosin and, and maybe even pine tar, like, it doesn't necessarily enhance performance. Like, it, and people don't use it for performance enhancement. It's used to uh, not hit the batters and cause injuries.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sunscreen and rosin seems to be the the uh, safe, just the safe option, just to make sure that uh, just to make sure that they have control on the ball but yeah uh yeah spider tag obviously as you mentioned before seemed to be just the ultimate performance enhancer and then whatever was scientifically designed for grip that seems to also be a a performance enhancer Mm uh and pine tar i think is widely looked at as another thing where it's just kind of safe to keep everybody safe but uh honestly in that in that uh, video and I know it's only one experiment experiment but there was like a 350 rpm jump with uh, just pine tar which maybe it was a different brand of pine tar or something and it's not maybe it's not the same pine tar you see on a bat I don't know what it was but uh, that was pretty interesting but yeah sunscreen and rosin being banned I have a, a, a problem with because also it's two natural things rosin is already allowed and then sunscreen is just a thing you use naturally
1: what if what if you don't want to get a sunburn out there are you you not allowed do you have to get skin cancer like what
0: oh yeah did you see that uh i think there was a jack Flairy tweeted out an excerpt of an article and it was like they're gonna monitor that sunscreen doesn't get used indoors or at night games
1: yeah so like if it's a day game I didn't yeah. see that actually but I mean like yeah what if you legitimately wanted sunscreen and not get skin cancer
0: right yeah it's uh it's it's extremely uh ex- it's extremely interesting how they're gonna feel like well what about uh what about four o'clock games like that's yeah. that's kind of a day game but <laughs>
1: well, I mean what if it's like what if it's like a I mean we're literally coming into the dog days of summer like at seven o'clock the sun is still up
0: yeah Yeah, exactly. And it
1: could still, and like, there are still seven o'clock games that have game time temperatures like in the mid 80s to even high 90s in some areas. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, just because it's just because, you know, the sun is down from the fourth inning on doesn't mean that you still can't get burned in the first and third, first through third innings.
0: Right. But I guess luckily the pitchers are usually in shadows by that point, but still, it's, I guess, it's still kind of stupid. It's still kind of a stupid thing to enforce i feel like if if there was a a, uh, a a a universal substance to use or combination to use i feel like sunscreen and rosin would be the thing that would be the least performance enhancing and something that could just be like yeah you could just use it it's it's fine like it might bump up your rpm a little bit maybe by like a hundred, but it's not gonna make like a 400 500 RPM difference. That's
1: not good that's not gonna be the difference between a Cy Young winner and a five E R A.
0: Yeah, no. Definitely not. Uh <clears throat> yeah, definitely not. What else? What else is uh
1: <laughs> Well, there was the Tyler Glass now stuff.
0: Yeah, Tyler Glass now. I was thinking if there was anything we should address before that, before but that, I think um I think we got I think we got it all.
1: Yeah, I mean just just if you're gonna take away anything from this, just know that this is Major League Baseball's failure. This isn't the Players Association's failure because they did what was not being enforced, uh, because the league wasn't going to do anything about it.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there were complaints by only a few people, but there there were complaints nonetheless, and nothing was uh, nothing occurred. Uh, but uh, one of the, one of the probably the biggest story of the week was. Uh, Tyler Glass now, who was having a spectacular season, um, who you know probably was a top five pitcher in the American League so far this year, uh, he had a partial UCL tear uh, in his elbow, and uh, after after it was announced, he had uh, a media you know, a media conference of, of some sort where he stated, and it was from a tweet. So, and I forget who uh, tweeted out the quote, but he was basically saying that, all right, I should actually pull up the, mm-hmm. the actual quote. Um, all right. So we got, we got more, uh, we got more Tyler Glass now quotes than uh, I thought there was, but here's what Glass now said. And this is from an ESPN.com uh, article. It says I switched my fastball grip and my curveball grip. An animated Glass now said on a video conference with reporters, Quote, "I had to put my fastball deeper into my hand and grip it way harder. Instead of holding my curveball at the tip of my fingers, I had to dig deeper into my hand. Uh, later on, he said I was choking the uh, s, uh, choking the s out of my out of out of all my pitches. s dash 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 um so yeah obviously he had a tighter grip um what else did he say uh waking up after the waking up after the start i was like this sucks uh glass now recalled something is weird here that same feeling is persisting all week long i go into my start monday and that same feeling is there uh it pops it pops or whatever the hell happened to my elbow. I feel it. Something happened. Uh, and then later on, he said, quote, do it in the off season. Give us a chance to adjust to it. But I threw, I threw, eight, but I just threw 80 innings. Then you tell me I can't use anything in the middle of the year. I have, I have to change everything I've been doing the entire season. I'm telling you, I truly believe that's why I got hurt. Uh, and that was the that was the headline quote there. Um, and I I definitely I see all sides of all sides of this. What 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 did you initially take away from this?
1: I mean, it didn't sound to at adver- my initial reaction was like, could it have done that much? Because like a torn UCL is like a very serious injury that seems like it takes time. But as as it kept going on, it became more believable. And I do I mean like. Tyler Glasnow is consistently throwing 100 miles an hour. He's one of the hardest-throwing pitchers in the league. Like, when you're throwing a ball that hard that on that consistent of a basis, like, it does make sense that if you have to adjust everything like that, that it is going to eventually hurt you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he does make a good argument in, in the sense that this should be an offseason thing because, you know, no one likes to change their mechanics midseason. Uh, like he said, he had been throwing – 80 innings, but I feel like, and my initial reaction was, you know, I feel like the lack of grip altered things, but there was a bigger issue at hand that wasn't grip. It wasn't like he had a perfectly fine elbow or a perfectly fine just body in general. And then he had to grip uh, a regular baseball without anything. And, and, and then an issue occurred. I understand yeah. that if you grip something tighter, it makes your ligaments tighter and it makes it more prone to being torn like uh, Tyler Glass now's UCL was. Uh, but and this, and this made me go back to uh, his 2019 injury where he had a forearm strain. And what do we all know about uh, a precursor to elbow tears, UCL tears, that's forearm tightness. Uh, we all, you know, we all know about it. Usually, before a guy has announces he has like and you know a UCL tear or elbow problems, there is forearm tightness. And Tyler Glass now had a forearm strain that took him out for four months in 2019. So uh, that possibly could have been a, a precursor, and it's possible that having stickier stuff to work with prevented uh, further injury from happening. But I think there were definitely problems at hand. But uh, you know, not having having to grip the ball tighter definitely contributed to the injury most likely.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I think I kind of said everything that I, that was on my mind with this. Just, I mean, if you're throwing that hard and you have to change everything up, like if you're changing your mechanics, which it sounds like he was doing, like changing the grip, uh, you know, doing all that, like, that's going to, that's not going to end up end well for you. And like, you know, Chris, you and I played baseball, you pitched, uh, I can't imagine you needed to use any foreign substances, but like you weren't throwing a hundred miles an hour. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, no. Know, I, don't
1: think, I don't think you'd be doing this podcast if you were throwing a hundred miles an hour.
0: No. Uh. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Every, probably everyone that uh, would be listening has thrown baseballs before, and they've been, and you know, we've been fine with throwing baseballs. So there's that perspective of it. But also, we've never had the perspective of having to throw anything <laughs> yeah we, ha- we haven't thrown 90 miles per hour or even 100 miles per hour so we don't know what it takes to uh control a baseball going that fast but mm-hmm. i mean also i think about like tyler glass now is six foot eight his giant hands it's that's also an equation i don't have you know as big of hands as tyler glass now i feel like maybe he could uh uh, you know, there's, there's definitely two, uh, two sides to look at it at. And then, you know, I, you kind of have to see both sides, but you know, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird because I've, I feel like someone, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're getting a, if you get a UCL tear, just from not being able to grip a little bit, you know, that's an issue. And it's not like it's this that slippery a baseball, I don't think. But and yeah, uh, Garrett Cole had that press conference uh last uh last night where he was saying, you know, it's so hard to grip the ball. I don't know if you saw it.
1: I I watched bits and pieces, but I didn't see the full thing.
0: Yeah, it was it was just like a one minute uh one minute ten second video that was put out there. And you know he's it it's definitely a it's definitely probably a bit of an exaggeration just to try to get get people on his side a little bit, but uh, I kind of understand the perspective. If you're throwing that hard, it's it's definitely a lot harder to uh, to control it. But yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what is was there anything else in this uh, in this sticky substance saga this week?
1: Uh, there was that spader thread. Which like I don't want to I don't want to put too much stock into that right now because like I want to wait for another source but like I wouldn't rule out any of the stuff he said being true.
0: Oh, the like video camera stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I know that wasn't sticky sticky subs and stuff, but that was also something that came up this week.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Ryan Spader, he's where does what does he work for? He works for like baseball merit not baseball. No, America.
1: not even. He kind of he kind of grew independently
0: yeah he's like Uh, a freelancer he wrote a
1: book he made some appearances on mlb network he's not a reporter but like i'm sure he has some sort of inside sources but i don't want to put too much stock into it yet um i don't want to assume anything is true from that but i also wouldn't rule it out i guess
0: yeah uh for context there was a thread of tweets where he said that uh where he had he named like four or five different teams that had these and multiple players that, you know, where it was egregious, uh, where there were, you know, cameras to steal signs, just pretty much just like the Houston Astros in 2017. Um, I mean, i definitely believe that they could, that this could be real, but, you know, it's all anonymous sourcing and it seems kind of uh, muddy right now.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't want to like, I, if, if you're interested, go check it out at the Ace of Spader on Twitter. Um, it's out there. Uh, there was a lot of teams that were called out players that were called out. And I mean, like I said, I wouldn't rule out any of it being true, but I don't want to run with it right now.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, and it's just one, it's just one guy and it's, uh anonymous sources although you know we do like we do like ryan spader but it is just one one person if it was
1: and he's also not a i mean i guess maybe the fact that he's not a reporter gives him more leverage to put stuff like this out because it's not like he's not he's not putting his job at risk necessarily right i guess
0: yeah and if and if it
1: and it's not like he's supposed to have a relationship with players he's not supposed to go in there and, and talk to people like that's not his job
0: yeah, exactly. And if and if some details are wrong, uh, you know, it, it's not going to blow up and he's not going to lose. Yeah, he's not going to lose a job or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh,
1: that's I think that's all we need to say on that. Um, I think we just talk about the league and the CBA and stuff, because that's this is going to play a major role. This winter is going to be an absolute hell fest uh, with the CBA. There could be a lockout next year, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because the league is so committed to just uh, to g- getting their way and not letting the players' association win. They will literally go to any lengths, and the players' association just wants to play baseball and have a fair, you know, have a fair game and get what they deserve.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: This season, yeah, like everyone that's listening should know, you're on the players' side. You're not on the league side.
0: Right. Yeah and it's becoming more glaringly obvious as the, as, you know, details come out when it was the labor negotiations. Although a little later on, I was getting a little tired of the players, but still it was kind of obvious what's what side you should, you should be on. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, it's pretty obvious what the league is doing with the foreign substance stuff. It's, you know, pitting pitting players against each other. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, pretty weird. And,
1: and it yeah, sounds like it sounds like play like hitters don't have pro- like a problem with like the sunscreen and rods and stuff,
0: right? Yeah, and I think they've even been fine with pine tar. And by the way, it's gonna be weird, uh, <clears throat> enforcing this stuff because you know, especially national league pitchers, uh, you're you know, what you touch when you touch a bat, you touch pine tar yeah <laughs> there's gonna be pine tar on your hands i guess it's not gonna be like a michael Pineda si- situation where you accidentally get it all over your neck or anything but yeah you know there's gonna be pine tar on your on your hands and what are you gonna say to the umpire and yeah i guess going back to it it's weird to give this much power to the umpires
1: mm-hmm. it is very weird uh it's funny because we're in the talk of like abolishing umpires and robot umpires now our umpires probably matter more than they ever have
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, except no robots for, like, except be... for
1: like uh in the 1800s when uh I was so I was reading Brian Kenny's book and uh, he said like in the 1800s umpires had to be like jacked. Like they umpires basically had to be linebackers because like fans would like come out of the stands just to fight players all the time and like fight each other and players would fight each other and umpires like literally had to be bouncers.
0: Oh my god, that's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite thing that's hilarious um
1: yep so uh i mean that's this is the most umpires have mattered since then
0: yeah right right yeah now they're uh yeah now they're They're as trevor bauer said judge jury and executioner and Mm -hmm. uh yeah it any any foreign substance apparent but it's also it's not just foreign substances it's anything that seems sticky if something if it seems like you have something sticky, yeah. Then...
1: And that's that seems very subjective.
0: Yes. And like you
1: know... I, I really hope there isn't one guy that just goes like power hungry and is like, "And eh, no, I don't like that. You're sweating too much."
0: Yeah. If yeah, if an umpire is getting getting a yap from a pitcher about ball about the strike zone a little bit,
1: he'll be he like, "You know what? Be... You're sweating." Yeah. <laughs> Angel Hernandez is about to lead the league in ejections.
0: Right, yeah. It's like, oh, dude, I see that sweat and rosin, both legal mm-hmm. substances. I think we're gonna we're gonna eject you still because it's sticky. And I I think that's spider tech. Didn't Bauer
1: think... have that video where he like he was like pump he was like holding the baseball up like this with like sweat and rosin or something like that.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, 100%. he had that. He he did that uh, interview with the Dodgers pregame show uh, where he did that uh, where he let alle- you know it's allegedly sweat and rosin. I don't know, it might not be a hundred percent true, but I imagine. Yeah, sweat is you know a liquid that can get sticky, and rosin when combined. Right, how are you that. gonna
1: outlaw that? Like it's natural. It's it's a human thing,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I guess in uh the playoffs it's gonna be that's gonna be harder to do because it's gonna be harder to sweat harder to sweat. Although it is funny imagining just MLB pitchers before games putting themselves in sweatsuits and going into like saunas just mm-hmm. to try to get a better grip.
1: Yeah, that's literally gonna be it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of dehydrated pitchers i guess it would affect them that way too unfortunately but uh yeah just get a just get a sweat going all right uh anything more on this
1: i think we got all of it
0: yeah i think we did i think we did um that's really that's really all that's uh tackling the baseball world uh yeah glass now went on the il um something minor but my max scherzer went on the il but i think he's back june 22nd so that's not really a big deal and that was a groin issue nothing to do with the arm Mm -hmm. uh degrom oh yeah degrom came out early again right after eight strikeouts in three innings i actually want to see what his f4 was on the day in the day three three innings. innings if i just go to uh like yeah June 16th to June 16th I'm going to be able to find it but yeah it was a right shoulder soreness so it doesn't seem like anything too bad but I remember I remember you know not to alarm anyone but I remember Chris Sales issue that started in 2018 he went on the IL with shoulder fatigue and then you know about a year and a half later he got Tommy John but that's kind of the alarmist point of view uh but yeah, it's it's uh it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's check out Jacob Grom's F four on the day and three innings pitched. That's gonna be hilarious because he he had eight strikeouts and no walks and no home runs, so that helps the FIP, which helps the F four. Um, yeah, he does. So Freddie Peralta led the day on F uh, four with .3. Tyler Molly had point .3 and Jacob Degrom had point .3, so he ranked That's third amazing.
1: on the day. He ranked point, He ranked one a tenth of a win per inning.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. So if he pitch if he went on that pace for 162 innings, he'd have 16.2 F4.
1: Jacob Degrom became the first starting pitcher in Major League Baseball history with 8 plus strikeouts and no walks in 3 or less innings pitched in a start.
0: Oh. That's good uh that's good how about that? Yeah. Uh one second.
1: He yeah. was also the he was also the fifth pitcher to do it uh including relief pitchers. Uh the last one since Ron Davis for the Yankees in 1981, also Rich Gossage uh, Ryan Duran and Paul Fittery. Uh, Paul Fittery did it in 1914. The cla- and, uh, yeah, that the was classic. obviously the reliever. Yeah. They and called him the yeah. They ground. called
0: him the fireman. Yeah, they did. Ron Fittery. They what probably, team is that for?
1: Uh, the Reds.
0: The Reds. Yeah. The 1914 Reds. Everyone knew their bullpen was just fire. Exactly. Their bullpen led exactly. in innings pitched with forty-seven for the whole year. <laughs> they were the original bullpenning club.
1: They were. People forget that. Um, right. Yeah, Jacob Degrom. Uh, three innings pitched, eight strikeouts. Hilarious. Which I mean, you know, I wish I wish he went longer in his start, but oh well.
0: Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I guess the concern is this is the second game in a row where he's came out early and went. To it the, felt
1: like went to I mean, the clubhouse. Yeah, it does feel like if he's throwing a hundred, you know, as a starting pitcher, that much, like it feels like eventually he's going. It's going to catch up to him.
0: Yeah, and is like a pretty skinny and you know skinny individual.
1: Especially that's... if he wasn't using any foreign substances.
0: Right. Right. And I mean, I mean, I
1: wonder. I wonder if he was using like pine tar and he had to. He, and he had to adjust.
0: Yeah, I mean, potentially, but you know, I you look at baseball savant and his player breakdown, his spin rate was up by like 50 RPM. You know, he's he's literally insane. But, um, but you know, if if there was potentially a thing where he was using something sticky that I guess wasn't affecting his RPM at all, uh, but had to grip, he had to grip differently you know, that could, that can be an issue if, you you know, when you're 180 pounds as a starter throwing 100 miles per hour, you know, like 15 times a game, literally Mm -hmm. like 15 times a game, it can catch up to you. Unfortunately, the, you know, the body isn't, isn't, you know, built for that. It's just, uh, it's tough, but you know, it's fun to watch, but it it might catch up to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, really, really tough. And we, we did point out last episode, his, uh, crazy how he's been able to incrementally increase his fastball velocity. You know, it's, I think it, in 2016, it was, I think 94. And now it is, uh, 99, 99.2, unless it's changed since uh, last start. So, you know, his body is still probably getting used to his arm moving, uh, faster, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm actually kind of concerned about this. I don't I don't know what the concern level is with uh with you.
1: Yeah, I'm concerned as well. Uh, like we baseball needs this guy to be healthy, and if that isn't the case, we're missing out pretty badly on basically the best season of all time.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's having 10, ten start spans that are up there with uh Bob nobody. Gibson with nobody <laughs> yeah legit yeah he had the yeah he he had the first 10 start span ever with 102 plus strikeouts and less than five earned runs allowed that's something we found for first thing we were able to find on Stathead mm-hmm. during the episode last week it was very easy to find uh yeah it it's tough yeah okay. I, I you, you don't want to see this at all you don't want to see him injured at all um like yeah he his appointment television as you pointed out last episode and you know the the hitting is this has been a story as well this year (laughs) him hitting what 423 with six rbi uh that's become a story as well him carrying the offense but yes but yeah degrama yeah it it's tough you know we're we're definitely rooting for the guy to come back as soon as possible with as healthy an arm as possible. But uh, there's definitely concern there, unfortunately, uh, for uh, unfortunately for D- for Jacob Degrom. Uh, but I mean, anything more we want to get into before? Uh, how about that? Uh,
1: no, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we covered it all mm-hmm. uh, thus thus far. Uh, all right. So now uh, we get into the players to highlight for good and bad reasons. We'll start with good, good reasons. So now our Thursday, June 17th, 2021 edition of. How about that? So who do you got to highlight for us today?
1: All right. So Chris, I'm going to name you the top five relievers uh, this season in F4 among qualifiers, and there's going to be a blank. And I want you to try to guess who the blank is. So number one, is josh Hader, number two is matt barnes number three is craig kimbrell number four is edwin diaz and number five is my how about that
0: um huh well <clears throat> it's not emmanuel clace no
1: I don't it think. was one of my players to watch
0: oh one of your players to watch all right that makes it a little easier
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me go to baseball reference if i just need the list of teams in front of me just to yeah jog my memory a little bit uh okay a reliever <clears throat> a reliever that was your player to watch um i'm trying to think here um, trying to fill time here dang i'm trying to think it's tough tough to remember all the players to watch is it mike myers by any chance it is not Mayers? Mike
1: Myers. It is not Mike Myers. No.
0: Um, yeah, I forget how to pronounce the name. Yeah. Um Uh what league is it? AL or American, NL?
1: American League.
0: American League. All right, American League. American League. Um It might be a Ray or, I don't know. I forget who, who you highlighted for the ring. Just, I'm just going to try to J.B. Wendelkin? No. Okay. Oh, that, it is. Those are those are the relievers I remember. Okay, go ahead and uh, shout it out.
1: It is Scott Barlow. Scott Kansas Barlow. Kansas City Royals. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than seeing one of our players to watch prove us right. And that's exactly what Scott Barlow has been doing this year. He is a 1.85 ERA with a 1.84 FIP. Uh, He is 12.71 strikeouts per nine on the year and zero home runs allowed in 34 innings pitched after he allowed four last year in 30 innings pitched. And the biggest difference between his 2020 season and his 2021 has been uh, the production that he's gotten on his fastball. Uh, last year, hitters had a 324 batting average against this fastball with a 338x batting average. And they also had a 649 slugging with a 679 expected slugging. That's all pretty bad. And this year, it has gone down to 250 batting average with a 261 expect- expected batting average and a 350 slugging down to a 424 expected slugging. And uh, Chris, I want you to do a little something for the YouTube watchers out there. I want you to go to Scott Barlow's baseball savant page and look at the contour on his uh, fastball location in 2021 and in 2020 and look at the difference.
0: Uh contour. All right. This is really
1: I can show you how to do it if you don't if you're not sure.
0: Um yeah, I'm just going to Scott Barlow on Savant right now. Savant's a little slow, okay.
1: Mm All
0: right. Um so, yeah, Scott Barlow, 185 ERA, 184 FIP. Uh, we're going to take a look at his fastball contouring. And, yeah, YouTube watchers, we got, uh, we got the screen shared right now.
1: And, uh, first of all, look at his um, percentiles because they're all uh, pretty excellent. I didn't put them in, but, uh, yeah, very good. On the strikeout percentage, the chase rate, the x the, the x the X-Batting average, the X-Slugging, the fastball velocity, the whiff percentage, all uh, excellent. So anyway, this is the contour. Uh, I want you to look at the fastball in 2021, you know, uh, kind of up around the upper, upper part of the zone for right-handers, down in the middle of the zone, also a little bit outside. Uh, now look at 2020. Right in the middle.
0: Yeah, that's actually See yeah, that? that's a pretty big difference.
1: Yeah, that's the difference between a six forty nine slugging and a three fifty slugging.
0: That makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's uh, it's a little less uh, red in the middle there.
1: Exactly. So sure. that's that is Scott Barlow.
0: Yeah, great uh, great analysis there.
1: How about
0: that? We get a uh, get that's what that's what baseball spawn is great for. We get the uh, location. Mm-hmm those location graphs. And usually they're not that, uh, disp- They're not that disparate, but, uh, in the case here, it was actually pretty noticeable. All right. my um, how about that? <clears throat> Is the guy who, I mean, I guess now he's had an overall like somewhat above average season, but, uh, he's really turned it up in the last two weeks, uh, in his last, 13 games. He's hitting 411 with an 26 OPS. He is JP Crawford of the yeah. Seattle Mariners. Uh I think you highlighted him. I forget if he was a how about that or slightly alarming last year. I definitely uh, but...
1: did talk about him. I think he was a, he was a slightly alarming because he didn't have an extra base hit until like a month into the season.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh he has been uh, pretty hot in the last 13 games, as I said. 411 average 1126 OPS in this span. His hard hit rate is 48.7%. Uh, the MLB average is 35.3. So he is well above that. And his barrel rate uh, is 12.2%. And his, well, the MLB average is 6.5%. So as a guy who's not known for power, he's barreling it up pretty well uh, in the past 13 games. And also in his last 13 games, in the time span, he ranks third in batting average and third in F4. So he's been one of the best players in the league uh, in all of Major League Baseball in the last two weeks. And uh, maybe, maybe something to look at. Maybe he will be able to continue this. And, uh, you know, he was a guy who was the second overall pick in one of the MLB drafts. So uh, maybe someone that could you know, fill out his potential that the Phillies actually believed that he had before they traded him for Gene Segura. That's but right. now we move from the highs to the lows.
1: Oh, you gotta uh, you gotta give him a how about that.
0: Oh, yeah. J.P. Crawford. How about that? Uh, shout, out, shout out to him.
1: He was like a top-rated prospect when he came up, too.
0: Yeah, like top five or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very highly touted and uh he's always had the defense that's for sure but uh offense has been up and down but right now it is uh on the up and up uh now we move from the highs to the lows uh where we're talking about players or subjects that have just been underperforming so now for my uh for our June 17th 2021 edition of
1: slightly alarming
0: so who has been underperforming on your radar lately?
1: You talked about a former Phillies prospect. I'm talking about a former Philadelphia, or a current former, uh, a current Philadelphia Philly, I'm <laughs> looking at Reese Hoskins, uh, is my slightly alarming because he's uh, been struggling lately. Uh, he ended a 12-game hit streak on June 6th, and since then he has one for his last 36, and that one was a home run that he hit last night off of Clayton Kershaw on Wednesday night. So uh, he was actually 0 for 31, and he broke that. And in that time, uh, he has 12 batted balls that had an exit velocity below 92 miles an hour and a launch angle above 30 degrees, uh, which most of the time that happens, that's a weak fly out. And that's what all of them have been. He's 0 for 12. And uh, those 12 batted balls with all those, it leads the majors over that sample. No one has more essentially pop-ups with those metrics uh, than Reese Hoskins. And it it's kind of shows why he's won for his last 36. Because, you know, you're not going to get hits when you're popping the ball up.
0: Right, yeah, having a tough time. Uh, Reese Hoskins,
1: slightly alarming.
0: Um, yeah, so Hoskins has been struggling. Uh, and it's more of a short term, yeah, thing.
1: We we this segment is called slightly alarming for a le- for a reason.
0: Yeah, but to segue, um, my guy's been my slightly alarming has been bad pretty much the whole season, but I didn't. I didn't want to address him earlier on because there was a major discrepancy in ERA and expected ERA, but now, you know, actually I've been paying attention a little less to expected ERA now and more to expected WOBA because uh, this is actually an aside, but the the thing with uh, expected ERA is it's directly coincided with expected WOBA in a way. That's why like, Every time you look at percentiles, it's the exact same percentile every time. And I think it's because, so if you do well, uh, or I guess if, if, yeah, if you do well with uh, runners in scoring position, then the expected ERA is like higher than your regular ERA, but that's just because you're doing well with, uh, you're doing well with runners in scoring position. So I don't know. It's uh, it's yeah. It's not really based on it's based on what you do overall, but anyway, that's an, that's an aside. Uh, but I, you know, he's just been more and more bad that I, I finally have to address this guy's struggles and not blame it on bad luck. Uh, Dylan Bundy. He was someone who I believe got Cy Young votes last year. And so far This year overall, he has a 6.98 ERA and 59 and a third innings pitched. And uh, in his last six starts, uh, wow, in his last six starts, 23 and a third innings pitched, 11.57 ERA, 7.92 FIP, and nine home runs allowed, which is 3.5 home runs per nine in his last six starts. And since since May 8th, uh, which is when the six start span started his ERA is the second worst out of 152 pitchers with 20 innings pitched. his FIP and his home run uh home runs per nine are the worst uh out of those 152 pitchers with 20 innings pitched. so ERA second worst FIP and home runs per nine the worst uh in this six start span and uh there's kind of a bigger issue at hand as well Uh, and his last start versus Oakland along with allowing seven earned runs in two and a third innings pitched, his four seam fastball RPMs went down 183 RPM and his curveball RPMs went down 197 uh, RPM so uh, it's been bad for Dylan Bundy and it might be getting worse because he is not going to be having as good a as good a grip on the ball as he once was uh, for whatever reason, but his RPMs that are down pretty significantly. So, uh, Dylan Bundy for multiple reasons. Oh, what's the deal? Things not He's playing. Lying.
1: Oh no! He doesn't want it to doesn't want it to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll kill the app or whatever. Dylan Bundy, Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy.
1: Slightly alarming.
0: That was weird. If you uh, look
1: at this is interesting. If you look at his average spin rate on all of his pitches per season, the lowest it's ever been was 2020 and the highest it's ever been by far was 2021. So he might be a he might be a guy who's better off re- not relying on spin rate. Uh
0: yeah, I I guess potentially yeah um so maybe maybe that's a, a thing that could positively positively affect him I don't know
1: which to be fair his lowest uh, that lowest spin rate of his uh well I guess since 2016 uh it's it's still 200 uh 2275 rpm which was 79th percentile but I mean the lowest spin rate was the best year that he had
0: yeah that's pretty interesting I wonder Mm -hmm. what changed possibly, but um, I did notice he's someone that like percentile wise with fastball velocity, it's very low, but with fastball spin, it's very high. So um, I I imagine he's been using something for a while. Uh, I mean, 2017, he was 95th percentile in spin rate. And I feel like you know spider tech wasn't being really used back then
1: yeah it may have been a more recent thing
0: yeah but yeah as far back as 2017 he was one of the you know best spinners of the baseball i guess you could say uh but yeah that's a that's a thing to pay attention to obviously you know we need to pay attention to all the pitchers pretty much and look at what's been going on you know every every you know, big time starter you're, you're looking at is uh, baseball savant player breakdowns, seeing what's happening. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, those were our players to highlight. Uh, now we get into the preview of the weekend ahead. Uh, the obvious series to watch is definitely Astros white Sox, as they are two, uh, Two teams, you know, Houston is two and a half out of their division. The White Sox have the best record in the American League or the Major League Baseball. <clears throat> White Sox have the best record in Major League Baseball. Uh, and this is being played in Houston. So Houston's got the home field advantage, uh, while the White Sox have a uh, record advantage. They, The Chicago just uh, won two out of three against Two out of three against the Tampa Bay Rays, who were their, who are probably the biggest challenger in the American League thus far this year. Uh, on Friday, you have Luis Garcia versus Carlos Rodon. Saturday, Saturday, you have uh, probably a matchup that Daniel is going to get into. Two guys with uh, ERAs below one point six. So nah,
1: that's I was going very, to get into it.
0: That's going to be very interesting. And then on Sunday. Another good matchup, Lance from Colors versus Dallas Keichel. Two guys that, uh, I mean, not exactly similar, but, um, you know, Keichel coming back to Houston. I feel like, yeah, Keichel's coming back to Houston for probably the first time. This is probably Keichel's, yeah, first time since uh, 2018. Yeah. Coming back to Houston, unless the. I mean, he was only on the Braves for half the year. I don't think they went to Houston in that time frame. I don't, de- I don't think so. He definitely didn't go to Houston last year. So uh, the return of Dallas Keuchel to the Astros <clears throat> on Sunday against Lance McCullers, who, uh, by the way, did not now hit the Rangers on Tuesday. That was so there will be
1: no more no-hitters for the rest of the year.
0: Yes. Uh, calling it, uh, he was 25 outs away and unfortunately gave up a single.
1: He was, I mean, you know, when the 20, when the second out of the game was recorded, you know, we were thinking like, is this it?
0: Yeah. Ev- then he got everyone, to the part of the
1: Rangers order. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everyone, uh, everyone started to be quiet about it. Once that second inning hit yeah. or once that second out uh, was recorded. And then, um, so that's the obvious series to watch in the, I'll, another series I'll address is something to watch like, Let's see where this team kind of stands sort of thing. Uh, the Reds have won 11 of their last 13, six straight. They're going yeah. to San Diego. So uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see where they're standing. I think the Padres have actually been struggling a little bit. So, uh, you know, a team that's supposed to be good versus a team that's supposed to be kind of mediocre but are trending in pretty opposite directions. Uh, kind of a clash to see what will go on in that series. And that's a, that's a three gamer and no particular pitching matchups outside of, I think Saturday or Sunday. I'm trying to see outside of Sunday. I'm pre- pretty sure. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a series to watch because it's two teams kind of going in opposite directions who had kind of opposite expectations, but anyway, day by day matchups. What do you got?
1: So, there's two good matchups uh, that are going on tonight. The first one is Zach Gallen versus Kevin Gosman. Um, I believe he's coming back from injury, or he at least maybe did recently. Um, and, you know, the, the Diamondbacks are still looking for that first road win in almost two months. Uh, but Kevin Gosman's going to be duff. He actually just took his first loss of the season in a doubleheader against Washington. Not that it was his fault. He didn't pitch bad. The offense just didn't score a lot for him. Uh, that's going on at 3.45 p.m. Eastern time. So that one's a little earlier. And then tonight at 9.30 on YouTube, you got Matt Manning making his Major League debut against Shohei Otani in the Tigers-Angels game. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Matt Manning has been a top prospect for a while. Uh, he's finally getting his time, and he's facing Shohei Otani in his debut. Um, no particular great pitching matchups on Friday to look at, but I'd say some individuals to look at. James Kaprilian from the A's. Uh, he's going to be going up against the New York Yankees. He's 3-1 with a two fifty one ERA. Uh, he's been pretty excellent to start out his Major League career. Uh, you also have Jose Barrios going against the Rangers. You have Carlos Rodon versus Luis Garcia. Honestly, that might be the best matchup of the day. You also have Corbin Burns going. Uh, and you have Trevor Bauer. Watch for that spin rate. And uh, I'd say that's about it for individuals on Friday. And then on Saturday, the best matchup, without a doubt, is Lance Lynn versus Framber Valdez. Uh, in White Sox Astros, a lot of good pitching matchups in that series. Uh, you also have Walker Bueller going. You have uh, Chris Bassett going. He's been he's been very good recently. Pablo Lopez will be going against the red hot Cubs, and uh, I'd say that's about it for individuals. Um, oh, Denelson Lemet also against Vladimir Gutierrez, who's been very good for the Reds. And then on Sunday. Um, you have Taiwan Walker going, who was excellent his last time out. you have, of course, of Keiko coming back to Houston. You have uh, Casey Mize going. He's been excellent recently. Uh, the matchup of the day for sure is uh, Luis Castillo versus U Darvish. Uh, Castillo was a slightly alarming of Chris's, but he's actually picked up the pace recently. He's a 2.28 ERA over his last four starts. He'll be going up against U um, Darvish. And uh, that's about it for pitching matchups, I'd say.
0: Uh, one uh one thing i forgot to address on thursday because uh astros white Sox is a four gamer we have a kind of a an above replacement radio meme matchup uh jose or versus dylan cease
1: oh yes (laughs) that entire series is great
0: yeah um so yeah i forgot it's a four gamer i always click onto friday's games because you know on Mm. thursday you don't know what's a what's you know finishing up or what's going to be a weekend series, so uh, yeah, I forgot to address that, but yeah, four game series. And Thursday, you got arkidi versus Cease fun, fun stuff at 8:10, 8:10 Eastern time, seven ten Central. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on an Apple Podcast or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens or want to see, uh scott barlow's uh fastball contour contours. contours go to our youtube channel and subscribe to the youtube channel it's called it is called above replacement radio uh and if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta and follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show on instagram at above replacement radio for all all the show needs and we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on Monday where we're going to be talking about all the happenings of major league baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation, this conversation is over, is over.